0: It is a prevailing custom on Rosh Hashanah in the beginning of the Jewish New Year that we eat certain foods. This falls into the realm of custom. It's not mandated by Halakha, by the Torah, or the Rabbana and the sages. Ashkenazim have the popular custom of eating apples and honey, which is codified by the Ramah in his gloss on the Shulchan Aruch. Sephardim have an elaborate array of foods that they eat, including gourds and leeks and beets and dates. It's almost like a whole seder in the evening of Rosh Hashanah. And without losing sight of the cormesvot associated with uh, Rosh Hashanah, such as shofar and engaging in tshuva, what is the idea behind eating certain foods at the beginning of the year? So there is a gemara in Maseches Horios in tractate Horiot. That discusses the process of anointing a king, and it reads as follows: Tanu Rabbanon, a rabbis taught, Ein moschin et Hamelachim Ella Al Hamayyan. We only anoint kings on a flowing spring. Shana amar, as it says in the Torah, and here it is a pasuk coming from a Bayomer Vayomer Lahem Kichu Imachem. Et avdei oto el-gichon. And the king said to them, take among you the servants of your master and take them down to uh, Gichon, which was a, uh, a flowing stream. So we'll come back and try to explain this a little further. The Gemara continues and says, Amar Rabbi Ami. So Rabbi Ami says, Haiman Imasik shate ilo. If a person wants to know if he will live out the year or not, nitle shraga basar yome deben rosh hashanah liom he should light a candle during the ten days of between rosh hashanah and yom kippur, bevesa Delo nashiv zika in a house that does not have a breeze. Imashich nehoray if the uh, candle remains lit nada de chate he knows that he'll live out the year Okay, interesting, the Gemara does not present uh, the opposite possibility. If it blows out, it just it doesn't, doesn't say anything, and the Gemara continues with a few other examples uh, that Rivami suggested. Uman de be'iska, and somebody who wants to be involved in business, u im and he wants to know if he's going to be successful or not. Le rabe he should raise a rooster. Ishamin vishapir if it becomes nice and fat. Matzlach, he'll be successful. And again, the Gemara does not present the opposite possibility. Haman debay mepak l'orcha. If somebody wants to go out on the road for business, apparently. Uvay l'meda yichazar va'asi ilo. And he wants to know if he will return back to his house or not. Nekom bevesa dechavra. Let him stand in a dark house. Yichaze bevoa devavua. Leda Lavesa, If he can see the shadow of his shadow, he'll know that he will return home. Okay, so these are uh, some interesting suggestions that Robi Ami makes. So the Gemara continues, and it says, but this is not a thing. Dilma lest his uh, psyche weaken. Umitra masle and his fate will deteriorate. So it's certainly a strange reaction to the Gemara. It brings down the suggestions by Rabbi Ami, and then it says, milsahi, it's not a thing. So Rashi helps us understand this a little bit. And he says, because sometimes, even though a person doesn't see the shadow of his shadow, hadarasi, he'll, he will return, right? He'll make it back to his house. He and even though and nonetheless lola a person shouldn't follow this practice of of going into a dark house and looking for the shadow of a shadow didilma lohaze de bavoa maybe he won't see the shadow of his shadow and it will weaken his psyche mazle, and it, his fate will deteriorate and because of that he won't return to his house mishum because his fate has deteriorated. If he hadn't followed this practice, his fate would not have deteriorated. And he would have returned. Therefore, a person shouldn't follow this practice. So the Gemara now gets just a little bit stranger. So it seems like the Gemara has concluded that this is not a good practice, and so it shouldn't be followed. But... The next step of the Gemara says, Amara Bae, Bae says, Hashta Amarta simane milsahi, since you said that simanim, or signs, are a thing, le'olam yehe ragio shata. A person should uh, regularly uh, view at the beginning of the year, and lamechazaye is, is to see or to view. There's a Gemara in Chrysus that actually has lemecha as the text to eat, and so that apparently is where we get our custom. So anyway, the uh the Gamar therefore would read a person should make it a habit at the beginning of the year to see or to eat Kara Karti Vitamre, which seems to translate to a gourd, fenigreek, a leek beats and uh, dates. So it is a little challenging to understand here though, because the Gemara seems to reject this practice of doing things to make you feel good about the future, it seems. But yet then Abayi comes along, seems to take the opposite conclusion, then makes a few suggestions, which uh, turn out to be the custom that we follow. So let's go ahead and summarize our questions. So starting off, question one, What's the idea of anointing a king by a flowing spring? Question two, what is the basis for Rabbi Ami's seemingly odd suggestions? Question two B, when each possibility is described in the Gemara, why doesn't the text explicitly mention the opposite possibility in each case? Meaning in each case it says, if the chicken becomes nice and fat, so you'll be successful but it doesn't say if the chicken dies, then your business venture isn't a good idea, which would seemingly be valuable information. So why doesn't it discuss the uh, the opposite? All right, question three, after it presents these sort of odd suggestions, then the Gemara concludes by saying, "velav milsahi, this is not a thing. So why did we go through this whole thing in the first place? Question 3b is it says, not a thing, and then it says, because chalsha daite umitra mazle so that his psyche will weaken and his fate will deteriorate. Well, since when do we believe in bad luck? It's not uh, not a Torah concept. And then question four, what is Abai's suggestion and conclusion? The Gemara said, uh, Lav milsi," it's not a thing. That's what it seemed to say. And then Abai says, well, since Simonim signs are a thing, which sounds at first to be the opposite of the Gemara's conclusion, and then he goes on to make the suggestions that are the foundation for our custom. So all these elements, I think, need some uh, explanation in order for us to understand our uh, our custom that we observe. So to understand this Gemara a little better, I'm going to turn to the commentary of the Me'iri in the base of Ahira, and I'm going to go ahead and read my own translation. So he starts off by explaining the custom of anointing a king by a spring. And he says, when they anoint a king, they anoint him alongside a natural flowing spring as a positive sign that his kingship should continue and last. This is not similar to divination, heaven forfend, but rather to awaken him to follow in the way of the spring, whose waters do not falter and not follow the way of passing streams that only flow for a short time. So it seems like the Meiri is describing this custom as a way to make a positive impression on the king at the beginning of his kingship. And he's going to elaborate further. And he explains, many things were permitted that at times may appear like divination. They are not like divination, again, heaven forfend, but rather they are designed as a sign to awaken a person's heart toward a beneficial path. And this is the idea which they said to place on your table on the evening of Rosh Hashanah, a gourd, a fenugreek, leeks, beets, and dates. For their nature is that they grow quickly, and they grow voraciously. And in order that one not stumble and view these in the manner of divination, they legislated that we say about them words which awaken us toward tshuva. And this is why we say, may our merits be called like gourds, may our righteousness be increased like fenugreek, may our enemies be cut off like leeks, meaning enemies of our soul, which are our mistakes or iniquities. May our iniquities be removed like beats, may our mistakes disappear like dates. And it is known that all this is only a prompt, for the matter is not dependent on speech alone, but only through teshuva and beneficial actions but things are done in the manner of divination, there are no doubt that they are prohibited, such as a min- minority of people that begin a business venture by raising a chicken for the venture, and if it grows nicely, they're confident about their success, and similar matters that were mentioned. Behold, the Gemara uh, says about all of them, Lav Milsahi, right, they're not a thing, meaning, It is not appropriate to rely on such folly, and such actions are prohibited, like we explained in Tractate Sanhedrin, and one who seeks security in Hashem, kindness will surround him. So the Me'iri seems to shed light on a number of our questions. So going back over them, what's the idea of anointing a king by a flowing spring? So that, again, makes this positive impression that we've talked about. It's not a guarantee by any means, but it begins his kingdom with a certain positive association what's the basis for Biami's suggestions and why does each possibility not mention the negative is because really these were designed to help a person focus on the positive. And it was never designed that if the candle goes out, it means a person's gonna die. The idea is to kind of help a person have some confidence going to the new year. But the Gemara says La Milsahi because it has a potential of backfiring. And so when the Gemara then discusses Daita they are acknowledging the reality that these things do have an effect on a person's psyche. It could have a positive or a negative effect. And then Abaye is acknowledging the power of impressions on the psyche and therefore suggesting taking an approach of certain positive things on his table that he can look at at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah that can't backfire, that only have a positive impression going forward. So he is taking the principle that the psyche can be impacted, and he is taking that and amending the approach that Rabbi Ami was taking, and has opportunities that really only focus on the positive. And going from here, we see that our Torah and our sages are sensitive to our psyche and our subconscious associations. At this critical time of year, as with other critical points in time, such as the inauguration of a king, we do take these associations into consideration. Rabbi Ami suggested a series of associations that may assist a person in remaining positive in times of need, but the suggested actions also have a risk of backfiring and creating a harmful negative association with potentially destructive consequences. The Talmud therefore rejects these actions, and an alternative approach is suggested by Abaye. When Abaye says, now that you've said signs are a thing, he means now that we see that our psyche is sensitive and that negative associations can be harmful, here is another approach. Anointing a Jewish king next to a flowing spring, as interpreted by the Meiri, is designed to prompt him to think about his actions in a broader context. Small streams come and go, and his kingship may have a similar fate. But if he operates with consistency and acts with a long-term in mind, he'll have an opportunity to leave a lasting legacy. The time around Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur can be daunting. We're held to account for our day-to-day actions, which we often give too little attention. Scrupulous investigation into our day-to-day actions, which is encouraged during this time, is extremely challenging. The Torah and our sages were sensitive to this, and a discussion unfolds in the Gemara about how to support a positive and resilient attitude towards the teshuvah process. Rabbi Ami suggested a possible approach which may have resulted in a positive association necessary for success, but also risked backfiring and undermining the objective. The Talmud rejects his suggestion. Abai suggested our current custom, which is to have fruits and vegetables on the table. As the Me'iri points out, we make certain statements alongside this presentation to prompt us to do tshuva and improve our actions. While there's no risk of a negative association here, the Me'iri notes a potential risk of misinterpreting these actions to be superstitious and violate the biblical prohibition against nichush. He reminds us that words have no independent power. It is up to us to interpret these visual aids properly which serve as reminders for us to engage in proper teshuva. So no doubt in the end, there is a very deep basis for our custom to eat certain foods on Rosh Hashanah. However, our attitude and our relationship to this custom is very important according to the Mi'iri and uh, very important according to the Gemara as well. So it's uh, it's certainly a nice custom, but one that requires us to have the right ideas in mind. Shana Tova metuka, wishing everyone a sweet new year. Ketiva vechatima tova, and uh, tis shanim rabot.